live on YouTube, live on Facebook, and then I have to record here. And then I have to remember to go back to Facebook and go live. We should be live now. We should be live. Just gotta get all these farm up and up here. And we'll be ready to rock and roll. That's some absolutely incredible stuff today. Yes, incredible stuff. We live? Are we live? Are we live? I think we are. Welcome, my friends. Welcome, welcome. We're just getting this together. Just getting it all together. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. You're going to love this. So much amazing Torah. And this is after I weeded out the stuff I didn't want to talk about. I mean, not I didn't. Some of the stuff was just a little tangential. So. So, I had to be a little bit careful in the choice of sources, as you will shortly see. Thank you so much for joining. Sorry for our little rain delay here. We are in the midst of studying the 121st Psalm. Yesterday, we talked about talked about Hashem always being on guard, Hashem never sleeping. And today we are going to talk about God as our shadow. Yeah, I'm not making that up. David HaMelech said that. David HaMelech said that God is like a shadow. How weird does that sound? <laughs> a shadow? The shadow king. But don't worry, he protects us. So we must have it made in the shade. Today's class has been generously sponsored 
by a dear show member of ours, Betty Floss, to honor her father's yard site. His name was Tzvi Hirsch Ben Yecheskel. He was a Holocaust survivor, and I am certain that his neshama will derive pleasure from the Torah that we studied together today. So, with no further ado, let's get right into it. Kapitel Kufchaf Aleph, Psalm 121, the second of the 15 Shir Hamalot. This is part three. Verse five. Hashem Shoimrecha. God, He's your guardian. Hashem Tzilcha. God is your shade or shadow. And He's Al Yad Yeminecha. He's at your right hand. What does that mean? What's the difference between God being my guardian and being my shade? Why is he at my right hand? Why is he at my hand altogether? What does all of this actually mean? And how does it affect our life today? I hope you'll stay with me today because this class is positively uplifting and it could even be transformational if you take it personally. And I'm certainly going to try to do that. Let's begin by taking a look at the Mitsudes David. Interestingly, in his commentary, he says nothing about Hashem Shem Recha. He doesn't say anything about God as your guard. Why? Possibly because this is not the first time we hear this. God has already been introduced as our guard. After all, in verse 3, we are told, Al Yonum Shemrecha, your guardian doesn't slumber. And then we heard, subsequent to our guardian not slumbering, a statement in Ele Yonum Yishan, he neither slumbers nor sleeps, Shomer Yisrael. Actually, the Mitzudah's David doesn't comment on any of, of this. He doesn't talk about the Shomer. You know what a guard is. You're worried about being harmed, you're worried about being attacked, you hire a guard. A bodyguard. God's your guard. The Mitzudah's David chooses to transcribe the word Hashem Tzilcha. God is your shade. What does that mean, God is my shade? So he says, Kemoi Hatzel Megin Michoim Hashemesh. Just like shade provides you protection from the heat of the sun. So too, God is going to guard, shield you on your right. So that you can do valor with your right. So from the Mitzudas' perspective, Hashem Tzilcha, God is your shade, is a euphemism, it's a parable, a metaphor. Just like a person would seek shade from the sun or from blistering heat or sunlight, so too Hashem will be your shade. Why this metaphor and not another metaphor? Why can't He be the roof over my head when it rains? Why does He have to be the shade when the sun is shining? I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really say. 
I should point out to you that in verse 6, which we're also going to study today, it says, Yomam Hashemesh lo yakeka. During the day, the sun will not harm you. And the moon at night. So, since we talk about sun and moon, I would have thought that, you know, if it's sun and moon, maybe there'd be a better metaphor than shade, because the shade only works for the sun or the heat, but doesn't really protect me from the moon. What kind of misfortune do we get from the moon? We'll soon see the Mufarshim talk about the cool or freezing desert temperature. And the moon is usually associated with uh, cool dampness. Shade does not help for that. There is no shade for the moon. So if we're talking about, we're metaphorizing, the challenges that will face us, the things we need to be shielded from as sun and moon, then why choose a metaphor which only works 50%? Why not choose an all-encompassing, overarching protective metaphor? Like he is your roof? Like he is your mugging? Like he's your shield? I mean, the Mitzudah's David says, Megin, Megin means shields, comes from the word Magain. So if the tzel is Megin, why not just have Magain? The Mitzudah's David does not really answer this question. He doesn't even provide food for thought. Why on your right side? Mitzudah says, just as in the metaphor, in the parable, the shade shields us from the sun and its heat. Yogin al-yeminecha, Hashem will protect your right. Why your right? He says, la says ba choil. Choil is a term which can be translated as valor. Mechayil al-choil means to go from strength to strength or success to success. So, we are all given a specific skill set. We all have natural talents. Some of us are very talented people. We're really good at a lot of things. Some of us have very few talents. Did you ever hear the expression, two left hands? It's a euphemism. It's not meant to offend lefties. I wouldn't want to offend lefties. My wife's a lefty. <laughs> Most of my children are lefties. The point is not right or left in actuality. In a word, HaTorah Alpiharov Tidaber. Our sages said, the Torah will use the most common phraseology, addressing the majority. So God created all of us slightly off kilter. We have a stronger side, and we have a weaker side. For most people, it's their right hand. I'm right-handed. Most people are. The minority, whether it's 48% or 28%, but the minority of the world's population is left-handed. And from a halachic or Torah perspective, the person who's left-handed just has their right hand on the other side. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it actually isn't. The point is this. Each of us is endowed with the ability to be benevolent, to be kind, to use our hand to give and to dispense, to use our hand to embrace and to draw close. At the same time, each of us is given the responsibility 
of discipline, to push away things that are unhealthy, to restrain or hold back when it isn't appropriate. The first in the language of Kabbalah is called chesed. And the notion of chesed is one of benevolence, exuberance, creativity, giving, dispensing, embracing. And then there's gvura, which freely translates as severity or discipline, restraint, inner courage. The hand with which we parry or cast or push aside. Both are necessary. Hasidus oftentimes invokes the metaphor of the bird's flight that can only be achieved when the bird has two wings. Can't fly with one wing. You need to create that balance. In our lives, we need to have love, excitement, exuberance, creativity, free-willing and open-giving, and at the same time, we all need to have a sense of discipline and restraint in equal measure? No, not in equal measure. Always a greater emphasis on kindness and benevolence, and always a lesser emphasis on necessary judgmentalness and the notion of restraint, the idea of holding back. And that's why Hashem created us off-kilter. He gave us a right and a left. Here's an interesting piece of trivia. I probably shared this before. I really like it. The word sinister, what's its origin? I mean, like many, many English words. They come from a variety of different backgrounds. English is kind of a hodgepodge. So the word sinister, you know what that means. Something which is suspicious, makes you uncomfortable. You're not really ready to engage or welcome something that's sinister, apparently comes from the Latin word siniste, which means left. And the origin of the idea of that which is sinister being on the left is that in the ancient world where people lived by their swords, in order to defend yourself, you needed to be able to draw your sword, assuming you were right-handed, most people were, If you're attacked on the right, you can reach to the left where your sword hangs and you can immediately defend yourself. Your sword's arc is naturally disposed to defending yourself on the right. However, if you're attacked on the left, that split second in which time you would have to draw your sword and then reorient yourself to be able to defend yourself what's on the left could cost you your life. So that was the weaker flank, the weaker side. That was the side people were more worried about. Yemincha represents your wherewithal, your talent, your ability. And so, the reason that David HaMelech says, Hashem Tzilcha, God is your shade, sounds like another word for protector. That itself needs to be understood. What's up with the euphemism? Why I mention shade and guardian? But specifically, the shades al yuminecha. It's on your right. 
So the Mitzudah's David says that's because Hashem shields you so that you should be able to utilize the strengths, the unique abilities that Hashem has given you. Let me tell you a silly story. There was a little boy who used to walk to Cheder every day. And at a certain point, a bad dog began to appear right on his road. And he was attacked one day, and a second day, and a third day. And he came to Cheder scratched and bruised. And he announced that he would no longer be coming to Cheder. And his teacher said, why not? He said, you didn't even ask me why I'm bruised and scratched. He says, every day there's a bad dog that attacks me. I'm not coming to Cheder anymore. I refuse to expose myself to that kind of danger. So his Rebbe, his teacher said to him, don't you know there's a lachash? Don't you know there's like this Hebrew formula, a Jewish abracadabra, if you will. You say, hunt, hunt, du bist Esau, ich bin Yankes. Hey, you bad dog, you belong to Esau's hordes and I'm from Yaakov's children. Something like that. And you say this lachash, and the dog will run away. Okay, the boy said, <laughs> with utter simplicity, accepting the words of his teacher. And the next day he comes to Cheder and he's more bruised than ever. And he says to his teacher, forget about it. You're not seeing me here anymore. So the teacher said, little Meshala, I gave you a lachash. Uh-huh, said the boy. But the dog didn't let me speak. So not always do we have the ability to utilize the strengths that Hashem gives us. Suppose a person has talent or he's been given a unique set of ability, but he doesn't have the milieu, the wherewithal, the, the range in which to utilize it. Of what use will those talents be? So David HaMelech says, Hashem Tzilcha, God, will shade or shield you. And he'll do it al yajiminecha. He'll allow you to utilize the strengths that Hashem has endowed for you. So it doesn't exactly mean you got it made in the shade. It means the shade will allow you to make it happen. From the Betsudas' perspective on this verse of Tehillim, it seems that the notion of Hashem Tzilcha, this idea of God being your shade, is directly linked to Yad Yeminecha, a euphemism for ability, talent, and wherewithal. So God says, I guard you. I shield you from the things that would inhibit or disable you so that you're able to make it happen and to live life in a successful way, the way Hashem wants you to. The Ebenezer has a very different approach. The Ebenezer actually explains Hashem Shemrecha. He transcribes the words Hashem Shemrecha. He says, what does it mean? God is your guardian. Guarding, guarding you from, from what? He says Hashem Shemrecha means Mehatzar. God will guard you from things that bring you pain. And from any kind of malediction, illness, disease, any kind of sickness. 
Why? Because he is the shade at your right. So because he's the shade, you got it made in the shade. You're going to be good. Because God shades your right, that's why you're going to be guarded. Now from the Ebenezer's perspective, these are not two disparate things. In fact, they're all one and the same. It's one statement. God has protected you. He protects you. By virtue of what does he protect you? By virtue of Hashem Tzilcha. So what exactly does that mean? What's the difference between God guarding me and God shading me? And why does he shade me on the right? Even if it doesn't address that at all. It doesn't address that. So the Mitzud, is David ignores the part, the part of the Pasuk that says, Hashem, Shem, God will guard you. And he emphasizes the need for shade so that you're able to function. The even Ezra says, you get a maid in the shade. God is your guardian. You won't be sick. You won't be weak. You won't be disabled. Why? Because he's silcha. I would love to know what that means. Rabbi Avram Ibn Ezra. What does it mean that to have a tzilcha? What does it mean God is the shade on my right? He doesn't, he doesn't say. He doesn't elucidate this in any way. The last stop to complete our opening, so to speak, of the journey. These are our initial points of departure. Is the words of Rabbeinu David Kimchi, Radak. By the way, in case you were wondering, why do I always begin with, with these commentaries? These commentaries are invariably printed in most good versions of the Tanakh. A good version, what's called Mekroiz Gedolis, if you have a, a decent print, even Ezra is considered to be a basic staple until him, Mitzudas David, Rashi, Radak, these are the basic staples until him. There were other commentaries, and I'm going to try to bring some of them in, but these are the basics. Rashi says nothing. As I mentioned yesterday, Rashi's opening comment is only on the beginning of Psalm 121, and he goes silent until Psalm 122. The Radak says like this. He transcribes the words Hashem. It's funny. It's funny. The Mitzudas says Hashem Tzilcha. God's your shade. The Venezer goes back, he says... Hashem Shem Recha. The Radak just transcribes Hashem. God. So what's God's position in all this? What, what is, what's God doing for you? What, what's, his, what's, his, what's His promise to you in the words of the psalmist? So he says, Hashem. Hu Tzilcha. He is your shade. I'm really glad that Radak told me that because in, in, the, in the Pasuk, in the verse, it says, Hashem Tzilcha. So the Radak said, Hashem, hu tzilcha. Okay, so he had the word who. Hashem tzilcha, not God, will shade you, as in a verb. But Hashem tzilcha, he is your shade, as in a noun. So God doesn't shade you, as in verb. God is your shade. All right. V'hu al yad And he is at your right. To aid, to assist you in all of your undertakings. Now, I want to point out that it seems, at least to this simple-minded fellow, it seems that the Radak 
very much is saying what the Mitzvah does David says. He's saying that Hashem at your right means Hashem enables you to utilize your wherewithal. You don't have it made in the shade. You don't. But you'll be able to make it happen. You'll be, because there is shade, you'll be able to do what you must. The Radak seems to divide this into two details. God is your shade. And He is at your right. It's almost as if Hashem Tzilcha should be a comma. God is your shade. And imagine it would have said, again, Hashem, or speaking of God, who is your shade, Al Yad Yuminecha, He's at your right. So from the Radak's perspective, we divide this idea of God is your shade and God is at your right, whereas the Mitsudas seems to fuse them together. He says, because God is your shade, could he, because he's shielding you, that's why you're able to do what you have to do. The Radak seems to divide the two. He says, God is your shade, and he enables you to do what you have to do. Now, I don't know why shade is the perfect metaphor for enabling you to do what you have to do, but no, when you're in the heat of the sun, it can't function. If you're in the shade, you can do what you have to do. So it's a metaphor. But the Radak doesn't like that. The Radak seems to see two different things here. He is your shade, and he enables you to do what you have to do. To which my question is, so what does that mean then? He is your shade. If he is your shade, is not a parable, a metaphor for enablement. What does it mean then? Does it mean simply protection? Then how is that different from Hashem Shemirecha? God is your guardian. There uh, seems to be a lot of missing pieces here. There seems to be a, a lot of room for elucidation. And the Rishonim kind of left things for us to figure out. Well, my friends, I want to tell you that we're about to embark on a very exciting journey. And we'll return to this initial point of departure at the very end of today's class. I'm going to come back to the Rishonim. I'm going to take a look at the words that they used and try to show you how once you know what they knew, and once you frame things in the proper context, their commentaries will practically sing off the page. But let's begin our journey. Before we actually go down a new pathway, I wanted to take a moment, just a moment, to share the words of Rabbeinu Menachem Meiri, another one of the great Rishonim, talking eight, nine centuries ago. The Meiri says, Tzilcha, al yad your shade at your right, this is, in other words, what he means to say, metaphorically, lahogin ba'adcha, that Hashem provides shield or shelter on your behalf, 
להביאך בצילי. To bring you into his shade. לחסות תחת כנופיו. To, to be protected by the proverbial wings of the Shekhinah. Covers you with his pinions or his wings. It's a common euphemism. Spiritual poetry. Wings of Hashem. Wings of the Shekhinah. And all of this is a metaphor. Because we see in the next verse it says, Yom HaMashemesh. But it also says, Yereach. And he says, Shalayaziku shum dover. Nothing's going to harm you. You're going to be Teflon. You'll roll right off. Or he says, Remez, it's an illusion. Let's say some galut to leaving Golos behind. That the exit from Golos will not harm us. When Hashem extricates us from our challenges and our problems, He's going to shield us on the way out. So what's the sun? What's the moon? He says the sun dries out, dehydrates. Shemesh miyavish. So the sun dries you out or takes away the moisture you need. And the moon adds too much moisture. And both are a euphemism for the idea of Hashem guarding body and soul. So if the whole euphemism, the whole metaphor is because of God shielding us from the blistering heat of the sun, and that's why he uses the word shade, how does that speak to the moon? Why, why would we use those specific ideas or paradigms if in fact these ideas and paradigms don't seem to line up perfectly? Shade working for the sun, not effective for the harmful effects of the moon. So, kind of like, you know, the, the same question comes to the fore. I'll take yet another moment to share with you the words of the Sepharno. Hashem Shem Recha, he says, God will guard you. The Sepharno follows his already well-trodden path that these verses speak about the coming of Mashiach. He says, this is from the terrible and devastating effects of the, the end of time battle, the conflict called Gogu Mogog. And Hashem Tzilcha, not only will shield, shield you from the harmful effects of battle, but furthermore, he'll guard you from all, he'll shield you from all, or shade you from all harm. So that, he says, you'll be able to exact vengeance from your taskmasters. And Hashem will be at your right because your armies will have to muster, and Hashem will proverbially give valor to the armies. Okay, so in, in the Sephardim's view, this is all, you know, like an eschatological view of the end of times and of Mashiach, but we don't know why we're dealing with shade. I mean, really, there are better, more accurate ways to be able to define being shielded from harm. Okay, you ready? Our journey begins, for real.
The Medrash says, Hashem Tzilcha, Omar Loya Kodesh Baruchu. God said, Lech Emer Lehemli Yisrael. God said to Moses, Go and tell the children of Israel, Kishmi Eke Asher Eke. I will be as I will be. Famous opening words that God tells Moses at the burning bush. Moses queries, they're going to ask me what your name is. Who, who are you? Who is sending me? Go and tell them, says God. Eke. My name is Eke. I will be. I will be as I will be. So the Medrash Tilim, the Medrash on Hashem Tzilcha says, Mahu Eke, what does this mean? I will be. Kishem Sha'ata Havoisimi. You want to know my name? As the Rebbe once explained, the way we refer to somebody is indicative of our relationship with that person. When I get a phone call and they say, Hi, Mr. Kaplan, I know they don't know who I am. Close friends will call me by my first name. People who know me somewhat will call me Rabbi. If they're calling me Mr. Kaplan, they have no idea of who I am, so I can know by the name they use who is calling me. My children call me Tati. Nobody else calls me that. Spouses have affectionate nicknames for each other. Your parents usually call you a certain way. Or you know if they're angry at you when they use a particular name sometimes. The relationships that we have with people are oftentimes expressed in the names they use for us. And the name is a handle. It's a way to get your attention. So, what should I tell them? Why are you so sure they're going to ask what his name is? So the Rebbe once explained that they're going to ask, how do we relate to this God who allows us to suffer? And God's answer is, I will be with them. But this Medrash doesn't say that. This Medrash says, you want to know my name? You want to know who I am? Well, who I am to you depends on who you are to me. I'm not speaking in riddles. The Medrash says, the way you are with me, said God, kach ani havos imoch. That's how I'll be with you. The way you'll be with me is how I'll be with you. This is about reciprocity. And that's the meaning, says the Medrash. When David, King David said, Hashem tzilcha, al yad yuminecha. Maho Hashem tzilcha. What does it mean God is your shade? Ki tzilcha, like your shadow. Ma tzilcha, just as your shadow. Does whatever you do. Im ato If you laugh to the shadow. Hu mesachik lecha. He laughs back. If you cry, your shadow cries back. 
Marele ponem zoyafes? You show him a sour face? Then, it's exactly what you get back. Afa kodesh baruchu, so it is with God. The Medrash is introducing us to our relationship with God. The Medrash is telling us that when Moshe Rabbeinu first queried, what shall I say your name is? Or with whom will they relate? God's response was, they will relate to me and I will respond. As they relate to me, so too shall I relate to them. You'll be with him. And the way you are with him, he'll be with you. That's the meaning, says the Medrash. Hashem Tzilcha. This is a different, something different. God is not just a shade. God is a shadow. Our shadow king responds to us as we reach out to him. In the words of Nachmanides, Rabbeinu Moshe ben Nachman, the great 12th century Spanish Rishon, Ramban in his commentary on the Chumash, he says, and I quote, Umahu, and what is the meaning of Eka Asher Eka? So he quotes the words of our sages and he says, And then he elaborates. I will be with you the way you'll be with me. If they will open their hands, be generous. And they will dispense of their gifts. They will share what they have with others. I will open my hand. As it's written, God will open for you his good treasures. He'll open his treasures when you open your treasures. You give what you have. Hashem will respond by giving to you. It's fascinating that the famous Rishon wrote a sefer called Menorah Samor. He has a chapter on Tehillim, a long chapter with, with, on Tzedakah. Many beautiful things about Tzedakah. The Menorah Hamoyer writes almost the same words of the Ramban. He says, Im atem poschin es la'anim. If you will be generous, if you will be open-handed and give of what you have with those less fortunate, af ani eftach es yadi I too will dispense freely and give to you what you need. So, Hashem Tzilcha is not just saying that God is our shade. We already said He's our guardian. Hashem Tzilcha is actually saying that God reciprocates. He responds in kind. From this vantage point, we can take a look at the words of Rabbeinu Yosef Chiyun, who comes just slightly after Ramban, and he explains 
this chapter of Tehillim as such. He says, Shmira Tashem Mitamedet. The protection. God's protection is constant. He's always at your right hand. Always at your right. In a manner that he supports. He's not just shielding. He supports. And your feet will not falter, which is what we spoke about in our previous episode. So God will hold your hand, so to speak. Like a person who leans on his friend. We lean on God. God is there for us. This is very much a continuation then of what we learned in our previous episodes. In the beginning of Psalm 121, we emphasized the idea of not placing our trust in anybody but Hashem. You place your trust in me. You know that I am there for you. And I will be there for you. I respond to how you reach out to me. In our first presentation on Psalm 121, I shared with you the words that the Rebbe uses to explain the mistake of the Jewish people in the time of Purim. How there's a miraculous kind of protection that we receive when we reach out to Hashem in that fashion. But when we focus on the nature of things, then we're under the proverbial sway of nature. It's in our hands. That we emphasize this idea of on the right. I mean, if you want to say Hashem Tzilcha, if your message is that God is not just your shade, but in fact, your shadow, just leave it right there. Or say, Hashem Tzilcha, Al Yodcha. Why Yadjiminecha? And the more I thought about it, the more I was bothered, and I'll tell you why. Because, because it's not a one-sided thing. Our relationship with Hashem goes with right and left. That's how you have balance. And from the notion of Hashem shielding and protecting us, we need His protection. We were most exposed. So why emphasize the right side? So I found something really fascinating in the writings of the Alshech. Rabbeinu Moshe Alshech says, Hashem is there for you. And he says, God is there, supporting you, at your right. Why at your right? Behold, it's written in the book of Psalms. This refers to Psalm 91, Yoshev Beseter. It says, Yipal mitzidcha elef. A thousand will fall at your side. Urevava miminecha. Ten thousand at your right side. 
why do a thousand fall at your side, which clearly must refer to your left, but 10,000 fall at your right? So the Alshech says, our rabbis taught, this is because there are euphemistically extraneous forces, spiritual forces, dark forces that seek to attach themselves to a person. 10,000 at your right. 10,000 watts at your right, but just 1,000 watts at your left. Why? Because they want to siphon off the energy that you have. Because the extraneous forces are metaphorized as bloodsuckers who only take and never give. And their source of vitality in life is Kedusha, holiness. And the holiest thing in the world is the Neshama. So they seek to attach themselves to Neshamas. And when a Yid behaves inappropriately, when he or she turns their back on Hashem, behaves in a manner that is contrary to the Torah's instructions and God's wishes, they are allowed entry. That enables them to, so to speak, crack the code. And once they crack the code, they're using your Wi-Fi. And you're paying the bill. So why at your right? Says the Alshech, the extraneous forces understand that your Ahava, that your love to Hashem, that your right side, that your stronger side will provide them with far greater nourishment. The nourishment, the empowerment they seek. And therefore, they'll always be there to exploit your right side. If they can get you to redirect your powers of kindness and benevolence in an unhealthy way, in a non-Torah way, then they've achieved much more than simply redirecting your negativity or your restraint or discipline. To develop this idea, the Alshech draws an atesfis, which is found in Masechet Shabbat. The Teisvis there on page 89 speaks about the Gemara's narrative. Rabbi Simon taught that when the Jewish people responded to God's overture by saying, Nasa, we will listen, we will obey, Venishma, and we will learn and listen. First, prefacing obedience over understanding rhyme, reason, and rationality, it says that 600,000 malachim, whatever that means, came and had fixed two crowns, two halos, to the head of each member of Am Yisrael. And then, a tragic 40 days later, when a golden calf was built, when we committed our greatest national sin of all time, it says 120,000 malachim came in order to divest Am Yisrael of their spiritual diadem, of their holy halos. The Teisvis asks, how come you needed twice as many to divest? 
Why was 600,000 sufficient to attach the crown and 120 was needed to remove it? And if I can flavor the question a little, it's always easier to destroy. In Yiddish, there's an expression, akatzken kalamachen. You don't have to be highly intelligent to ruin things. A cat can ruin things. To build, to develop, that requires ingenuity and patience. That requires stamina and focus and discipline. To ruin things, to destroy. Destruction is very easy. So why would we need twice as much? And the Teisva says that to remove Kedusha that's become attached to a Yid's Neshama, you need a tremendous effort. Because the magnetic pull of the Neshama holds fast to holy energy. And so the Alshach says, Yemin, the right side, the stronger side, whether it's right or left, the stronger side, that's Iker Kedushas Ish Yisrael. That's the primary that's the overwhelmingly powerful essence of the member of the Jewish people of Am Yisrael. And therefore, he says, that's where they come to trip you. Hashem says, I will shield you. I will provide you shade. Tzilcha, ayad So we now understand why both protection and enablement focus on the proverbial right or stronger side. Enablement because that's the side of your strengths. You should be able to do what you can and therefore what you must. And you should be protected from the extraneous forces that will come to detract from that which you do really well. From where your holiness, from where your potential actually resides. Now, once we have this, this idea of Hashem Tzilcha as being much more than shade, but in fact, being defining insofar as our reciprocal relationship with Hashem, a picture now starts to emerge. Let me share with you the words of the Kliyakar in his Sefer Eilul Esafrayim. He says, Shomaiti Oymrim, I have heard it said, maybe from his teacher, the Maharal, I don't know. Shomaiti Oymrim, he says, Ki Hatzel Shal Yad Oysa Hakoma Shayad Oysa. You know, like those, the shadow theater? Whatever the hand will do, the shadow will do. You open the hand, the shadow has an open hand. And so it is with a fist, a clenched hand. Hashem serves as a, as a shadow, if you will. He's our shadow king. If your hand is clenched, and you're not going to be generous. Yada Kaddish Baruch Hashem's hand will be cleansed from giving you. If your hand is open, Hashem's hand will be open. He says, Rabbeinu Shmuel Azavedo, 
one of the great Spanish sages who later lived in the northern city of Tzfat explains things this way. And I don't know whether he saw the words of the Meneris Hamoyer or not, but that's, this is the kind of idea that our rabbis are articulating. Rabbeinu Vidal Hatsafarti, another one of the great Spanish sages who took up residence in Israel. He says, I may be wrong about that actually, I think Rabbeinu Vidal lived in Tunis, I think. He says, Hashem Tzilcha means Bitziruf Siyua Yad Yuminecha. Hashem is your shade. He's your shade if you partner with him. It's not made in the shade. You need to make it happen. But if you make it happen, he will be your shade. He will be your shield. It is your efforts that will make all the difference. Don't make the mistake, says Rabbeinu Vidal, of saying... Yeshiv bottle, a person could say, I'll just sit. God's going to take care of me. Talmud Loimar, the verse comes and teaches, the Lord God will bless you. In the efforts that you make, you have a sacred duty to make the effort. And here he says, we can draw on a fascinating medrash which is found in Shira Shirim Rabbah in the beginning. Our sages tell a story of the famous Tana and miracle worker, Rabbi Nuchanina ben Daisa. Rabbi Chanina ben Daisa was going to the Beis HaMikdash. And he was sad because he was so poor that Rabbi Chanina had nothing, nothing to give. And he wanted so badly to contribute, to try to help to beautify Hashem's home, to be part of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the story goes that he sees a beautiful stone, extraordinarily shaped, beautiful stone. And he thinks to himself, ah, that, that is something I should bring to Yerushalayim. If only I could carry that stone. And as he's thinking this, suddenly people appear. Malachim. They looked like people. Hashem's angels tell Rabbi Hanina, did you want something? He said, funny you should ask. I, I wanted to bring the stone to the Jerusalem. They said, we'll carry it for you. Uvilvad? On one condition. The condition is, the condition they said is, we will bring the stone. She got to give a finger. The Rebbe talked about this many times. He said, what was the point of a finger? Rebbe Hanin says, finger didn't accomplish anything. He couldn't even lift a stone with both hands. Why was it so important that he add a finger? 
And the answer is because Hashem wants you to make an effort. The finger is symbolic of the effort. For the Chanina Ben a finger was good enough. You and I have to work a little harder. The Rebbe once related that the Baal Shem Tev came to a particular town and he walked by a well-endowed home and he rapped on the shutters and he continued to walk. The owner of the home heard somebody rapping on the shutters. He ran to the window, threw open the shutters and he saw the Baal Shem Tev. So he ran out of the house and he said, Rebbe, did you rap on my shutters? Baal Shem Tev said, I did. Why? Baal Shem Tev said, because I want you to do something. There's a Yid who needs kindness and I, I want you to do that mitzvah. So the man said, Rebbe, I'll do whatever you say, but why didn't you then wait for me to open the window? The Baal Shem Tev said, it says, I had to do something. If you were destined to have the privilege of doing this mitzvah, I knew you'd find me. I had to do something. <laughs> for the Baal Shem Tev, a knock on the window, a finger is good enough for you and I. Hashem wants you to put every ounce of effort in. As per the famous Gemara Meseches Pesachim, which the Rebbe enshrined, as the ninth of the twelve Pesukim, your gaita, only when you make real effort is the matzasa, is the finding success, believable. Really, it's matzasa. You're finding success. It's not the wages of your efforts. It's a find. But it's a find that can only come to you if you've exhausted your possibilities. Your gaita. Toil. So this, says Rabbeinu Vidal, is what David Melech is conveying to us. Hashem Tzilcha. God will indeed provide you with shade. Do you know how? Al yad by virtue of your right hand, you make it happen. If you make it happen, you will have God's shade. It's in your hands. Not God shades you on the right. God shades you by virtue of your right, by virtue of your efforts. And now, my dear friends, we're starting to understand that the idea of our relationship with Hashem is actually encapsulated with this metaphor, with this ideal of the shade, the shadow. God is indeed our shadow king. In the Migdash Ma'at, in the Beis HaKnesses section of his commentary on Tilim, he quotes, Moireinu Haravu Zil, the author of the Sefer Eitz Hadas Toiv. He says that the message here for us is that Hashem will appear to you as a shadow. When you are complete in all of your limbs, you will find heavenly reciprocity, you will find a reflection of that intactness, of that completeness. Hashem, he says, refers to your neshama, the peace of God that's your alter ego, your heavenly, so to speak, mirror image. 
The person, he says, who was lame or missing limbs, chas v'sholem. And limbs are a metaphor for mitzvahs. Ramach evarim, inon ramach pikudin de malka. The 248 proverbial mitzvahs are the 248 limbs of the king. You grasp the king by virtue of his corporeality. You hug Hashem by virtue of his mitzvahs. Hashem doesn't need your mitzvahs. You and I need his mitzvahs. Hashem enables himself. He enables himself to be close to us. He enables us to nurture and to develop a profound and meaningful relationship by dint of the mitzvahs we're privileged to perform. And this, says Rabbeinu Uziel, is in your hands. Because if you come to Hashem empty-handed, missing mitzvahs, that's the kind of spiritual reflection you receive. One that's lackluster, blemished, damaged. But if one comes to Hashem wholeheartedly, then he's able to connect with the shadish of his neshama in the fullest sense. And that means a full-blooded relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. V'kivon shehiganu likan. And now that we have reached this far, my dear friends, let's go into the garden path of Hasidus. In the teachings of Hasidus, this particular teaching is very much emphasized. Let me share with you one of the Baal Shem Tov's teachings on this very verse. In the Sefer Keter Shem Tov, a collection of the Baal Shem Tov's teachings, there's a section which is called the teachings and aphorisms of the Baal Shem Tov. And there's an aphorism here based on Psalm 121, verse 5, Hashem Tzilcha. Pirish HaBal Shem Tev Ala Posek Hashem Tzilcha. The Bal Shem Tev interpreted this verse, and I'll read it to you in Yiddish and try to translate. Leit din yonim vasaid tut lamato tu in zechoif dugmosom in yonom lamailo. By virtue of the efforts, the things that a person does in this world, he or she is privileged to create a mirror image in the heavens. Like the metaphor of the shadow. In accordance with the movement of the person, it's exactly how it is in the shade. It can be magnified in the shade. It can be many, many times larger in the shade, but it's precisely the movements made that the shadow imitates. The Baal Shem Tev was teaching us that we create the proverbial heavens. The malachim, the ideas in heaven, it's all created by us in the shadow metaphor. The Magad of Mizrich famously taught that the words da mala maila mimoch, that know that that which is on high is from you, you create the angels, you create the spiritual worlds, you create the energy, you create all of that 
incredible, powerful spiritual reality. You create it. Because it hinges on and reflects the actions and efforts that you engage in. It's not just how God will respond to you or give you blessings. The spiritual reality is actually engendered by you. The famous tzaddik, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Bardichev, and Parshas Beshalach, he asks the question, why is it that when the Jewish people emerged from the Reed Sea miraculously, and they sang Hashem's praises, why does it say, Oz Yoshir, then they will sing? Why doesn't it say, Oz Shar, then they sang? It's a famous question. The Gemara asked the question. There are many answers to this question. The Holy Bardichever said that the answer can be appreciated by virtue of the teaching of the Baal Shem Tev that I just shared with you. The Baal Shem Tev's words on Hashem Tzilcha. The Bardichever understood the words of the Baal Shem Tev to mean Hashem responds to the person like a shade. Shakol Masha Odomesa, whatever the person does. Gamatel Esa, his shadow does. Ka Habeda Borochum Such is the behavior of the Creator. This is how Hashem acts in Ha'odam with a person. It's in perfect reciprocity to what you do. Venimza, in view of this, he says, we find ourselves, we find ourselves understanding. When the Jewish people were singing Hashem's praises, when they left Mitzrayim, they were singing and God was singing God sang with them Hashem sang as if obviously it's an anthropomorphism it can't be taken literally but that's the parable in other words, she Yisrael Paulu Bishirasam Es Hashira Hazais. Then Israel sang Es Hashira Hazais. This is what was created, not the song they sang, the song of Oz Yashir. The heavens were singing, God was singing, because Hashem sang together with them. Think about that. You sing. God sings with you. Let me share with you fascinating contents of a letter that was written by the third Rebbe, the Chabad Lubavitch dynasty, our Rebbe's namesake, the Rebbe de Tzemach Tzedek.
We don't know exactly when this letter was penned, but anecdotal evidence indicates that this letter was penned somewhere before 1830. Somewhere in the 1820s. It seems that the Tzemach Tzedek is writing to a distant relative. And he says that it seems that this person was very fearful. He was in the midst of there was some kind of conflict going on around him. He was very fearful for his life and fearful for his children. And the Tzemach Tzedek addresses this notion of fear. And he says that you must know that the fear that a person experiences, the anxiety a person experiences, necessarily becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy or reality. There is a person who causes himself to be fearful. The Rebbe de Tzemach Tzedek writes, You have the freedom to choose. You have the power to decide. To restrain yourself from being dragged down that vortex of fear. You want a crystal clear proof? Said the Tzemach Tzedek, when it comes to conflict, when it comes to warfare, the Torah says, do not be fearful. It's forbidden for a soldier to enter the battlefield, the theater of war, with fear in his heart. The Rambam and the Sefer Mitzvahs Gadol include this as one of the 613 mitzvahs. This is shocking. What should a person do if he's fearful? And it is known that mitzvahs necessarily are things that we can choose. Choose to do or not to do. If it is not within the range of our choice, it can't be a mitzvah. Can't be a mitzvah. All of the things that the Torah tells us we must do, we have the ability to choose to do. All of the things that the Torah tells us we must not do, we have the ability to choose not to do. It may be very difficult. But if it's a mitzvah, it necessarily has to be bedover sheyesh la'adam b'chidalzeh. La'asaysay, to do it. Or to restrain one from doing it. As the Rambam elaborates in his preface to Pirkei Avot called Shemayin Prakim in the second chapter. The person's fearful. They have anxiety in the heart. What should he do? Wrote the Tzemach Tzedek The thing is this. Every person has Gimel Nefesh. Every person has three garments of the soul. And the garments are thought, speech, and deed. And he says that's the operating system. That people use. And therein lies the freedom to choose. You can choose to ruminate upon something or not. You can choose to speak about something or not. You can choose to do something or not. Said it Samach Tzedek, you can choose to ruminate on this fear or to cast it aside and choose not to focus on it. 
Anybody who's mavhilis atzmein, anybody who frightens himself, anybody who ruminates on things that cause fear or anxiety, he violates a negative mitzvah in the Torah. Incidentally, there are those who maintain that therein lies the mitzvah of betachin, of trust in Hashem. So that's a machzedek. It's a rather long letter. I'm excerpting little portions. Tzemachzedek says, Iker hesech hadas, the primary notion of turning your mind away, of pushing things out of your mind, is not to push things away, but rather to bring positivity in. Focus on positive thoughts, on thoughts of faith and trust in Hashem. The Tzemach Tzedek goes further. And he says a person must always express himself and put himself into a joyous frame of mind, a positive frame of mind. He always has to force himself to try to orient his heart towards joy. And he says, fake it till you make it. By virtue of repetition, by dint of the things you'll do, it will eventually begin to take root and become part of your emotional system. It'll plant itself in your heart. And so the Tzemach Tzedek goes on in this letter to explain, do not focus on the negative things, focus on the positive things. Work to bring about a joyous frame of mind. And he elaborates on this. Cross-references the Rambam, a teaching of the Magad of Mizrich. And then there's a second version of this letter. In the second version of this letter, the Tzemach Tzedek adds, that you should know that not only is the way you behave going to influence you, not only by thinking positive thoughts, by acting in a positive way, by speaking positive words, will you implant that type of positivity in your heart. But he says, you must know that as a result of your efforts, Yera Allah Ruach Hashem, a spirit of Hashem, will come upon you. Ruach mimorim, a spirit, a force from a higher place, a spirit of simcha and tuv levav. And the Tzemach Tzedek says something unbelievable now. He says, Shomaiti mi pekodesh shal kveit kedusha sadeni ovi zikeni moiri verabi zikhen alavracha. I heard from the holy mouth of my Zaydi. Alter Rebbe. Nishma Se'edin, the soul is an Eden, Bipiena. Alter Rebbe was only once in Piena. That's the village in which he passed away on Matsuri Shabbos Kedish on the 24th day of Tevis. Matsuri Shabbos. He came to Piena before Shabbos. The Tzemach Tzedek said, I heard from Isaiah. This is one of the last things the Alter Rebbe said in his terrestrial lifetime. That this is what he heard from his teacher, the Maggot of Mizrich. That it says, Kimara Evan Sapir, 
like the image, says the scripture, of translucent stone, of sapphire. On the throne of luminous stone, there was the image of a person, which means... That the way you turn to Hashem is how Hashem turns to you. My grandfather restrained me from singing a song whose notes were melancholy. Music that expressed sadness or despair. Why? Why did the Alter Rebbe stop the Tzemach Tzedek from singing? What was he singing? This is the last might of the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe is laying on his material deathbed. And the Tzemach Tzedek must have known and sensed this. I prayed the evening service, the mitre of before his terrestrial passing, benigun in a sing-song, in a chant, whose notes were melancholy. Vehimtinli, the Alter Rebbe must have listened or watched the Tzemach Tzedek Davin. He waited for me, he waited for me until I finished davening. Omar li zois. And then he told me these words. In other words, the Metzemach Tzedek was saying, the Alter Rebbe told me, you don't daven, you don't reach out to Hashem with sadness and melancholy. You pray to Hashem with joy. And if you don't feel the joy, you pray to Hashem with an uplifting nigan, not a sad one. Writes the Metzemach Tzedek, kol shkim what is up with this anxiety? The fear which is paralyzing you from, from concerns of health, from bodily concerns. Chas v'sholem. Now lest you think this is very beautiful, it's for tzaddikim, it's for the woolly righteous, it's for people, so to speak, who walk in the clouds. My friends, let me share with you a mimer of the Rebbe Maharash, the fourth Rebbe, whose birthday is today, Tiferes Sheba Tiferes. In this mimer that was delivered by the Rebbe Maharash in the year Tafresh Lamed Gimel, 1873, it's a, it's a Rosh Hashanah mimer. It's a long mimer. It's prior to Rosh Hashanah. It opens on the Pasuk, and the verse in the Torah, the portion which is always read in the month of El, you must place judges, sheriffs, law enforcement at your gates. And there's this idea that it, it means to self-judge, that we are that small city. It's not only the actual municipality, we are also in the metaphor. We have gates, our mouth, our eyes, our ears. We take all kinds of things in. Ports of entry. My mouth support of egris, of exit. Says the Rebbe Maharash, a yid must take care to restrain himself from things which are permissible. 
It's not enough, he says, simply to follow the Torah's instructions. You need to judge yourself. Ask yourself, do you really need that? Is it necessary for you to serve Hashem? If you don't need it, what, what are we using it for? Everything in life has to have a purpose. He says that a person, when you judge yourself, to, so to speak, judge yourself, whether you need or acquire these luxuries or not, says that Tzemach Tzedek, you should know that as a result of this, Hashem judges you favorably. The, tzemach, the Rebbe Maharash, Tiferes Shebe Tiferes, today's Yem HaSimcha, the Rebbe Maharash says that this is the deeper meaning of the teaching of the Baal Shem Tev and the Mishnah, Da Malamayla Mimoch, that which is on high is from you. You are the one who was able to bring about God's compassion. You are the one who was able to bring about your favorable judgment. And here the Rebbe Marash says something so important, my friends. Don't make the mistake of thinking that all this discussion is for holy people, upright people, exalted people, tzaddikim are able to, so to speak, have this meaningful relationship with God. God cares about what they do. Their attitude, their expression is what results in reciprocity. A person should not say, Of what value is my mitzvah? I mean, seriously. We know how tiny we are, our figments of reality. Tiny little creatures. Selfish ones, mean ones, ugly ones spiritually. And, and Hashem cares about what I do, one tiny little yid makes a difference. My attitude, the sig, the nigan, the song I sing. Loikain says the Reb Maharash. This is the mumbo jumbo, the lies, the deceit of the evil inclination. It says Hashem is your shadow, and David Amelach spoke to every member of Am Yisrael, and he said, You have the ability. To engender all kinds of wonderful things from God, He will be your shadow. As the metaphor of the shadow, which we've talked about so much today. What you do, He will do. And this is the meaning of what our sages said, anybody who shows mercy, compassion towards the creations, by the way, the halach and Shulchan Aruch talks about being kind to animals. You're kind to living creatures. You bring Hashem's mercy upon you. That which our sages say, which is brought in the beginning of Tanya, that you should see yourself, see yourself as wicked. And if you're wicked, if you're, if you're an evil person, then your mitzvahs are of no value. Says the Rebbe Maharash, like you're not in Russia. Chas v'shalom. And the whole reason that you should take a dimmer view of yourself is lazares to kind of motivate yourself. I should pursue a mitzvah. I should seize the opportunity. Then like him. If that wouldn't be the reason, if you're just beating up on yourself and telling yourself, I'm terrible and I'm awful. That you come 
to a state of profound melancholy and despair. You end up being depressed. That's why it says, Bechaf Adimian. Veloi Heaven forfend. They are not wicked, says the Bashem, says the Reb Marash. And therefore, and therefore, Yirdif Lasei Sadaka pursue every opportunity to do righteousness and kindness and generosity. Do not allow yourself to be cast or turned aside. Don't allow the Yitzhahara to convince you of what value is your work. You need to guard yourself. You need to rein in, to restrain all the limbs of your body, all of your behavior and the activities that you involve yourself in. And by virtue of that self-restraint, self-judgment, that will make us meritorious in Hashem's judgment. The Rebbe, on the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, in the year 1956, he talked about these two teachings, two teachings of the Baal Shem Tev. One teaching, Hashem Tzilcha, Hashem is your shadow. One teaching, Da Malamailamimach, a teaching about knowing that what's below, what's on high, pardon me, is engendered by virtue of your behavior, the reciprocity thing. And the Rebbe said there's a difference between the two teachings. We know, we are taught, schar mitzvah, mitzvah. The real reward, says the Mishnah, of a mitzvah is a mitzvah. That is to say, no amount of wealth or health can actually weigh as much as a mitzvah. The result of the mitzvah, the reward that is generated by the mitzvah, is so valuable that the only thing as valuable as a mitzvah is another mitzvah. Think of a grandparent who wants to spend time with a grandchild. And you'll say to this new bubby, so what did you get out of the hour you spent? And what would they say? What do you mean? I got an hour with my granddaughter, with my grandson. I spent time with my grandchild. The relationship is the reward. You're not trying to get something. If you're in love with your spouse, and you should be, then the time you get to spend is not only a means to getting something from them, it is the end in and of itself. A mitzvah is what defines our relationship, is what it creates opportunity for us to have a relationship, a closeness with Hashem. The only thing as valuable as a mitzvah is the relationship with Hashem, is the closeness to Hashem. The schar of a mitzvah is a mitzvah. So real schar is not heaven. Forget about earthly gold and silver. Even Ganeiden, Olam Haba, that's not the real reward of a mitzvah. This is all that Rebbe said, what's known in the language of Hasidus is giluyim. It's all, so to speak, expression, revelation. Da ma'ala ma'ala mimoch is giluyim. Angels, energies, it's all in an overt, open way. And the Rebbe said, Maybe for ordinary people, it doesn't mean anything. 
You did a mitzvah? You created angels. That's great. I don't see angels. You, you engendered this holy energy. I don't know from holy energy. It doesn't mean anything to me. So because so many of us don't appreciate what's called giluyim, we don't know what that means, the spiritual realities. It's beyond us. That's why there's the teaching Hashem Tzilcha. Hashem Tzilcha is not speaking about giluyim. It's not speaking about an external expression. It's speaking about the essence of Hashem Himself. Hashem Tzilcha means God is your shadow. Precisely and exactly the way you reach out to Hashem is precisely and exactly the way Hashem responds to you. The famous Polish Hasidic master from the 18th century, he taught with regard to this notion of Hashem Tzilcha. Find the book I'm looking for. Ah, here it is. Reb Simcha Bunim taught that you need to understand this verse as such. Hashem is both shielding you from things that can serve as an obstacle to be harmful and at the same time enabling you to do. And he says that's why, the, so to speak, we talk about the sun and the moon. That's why we talk about the idea of Hashem at once shielding you, but at the same time giving and providing for you. Hashem Tzilcha Yadji Minecha means He protects you from harm, and at the same time, He allows the salutary effects to filter through. The sun can dehydrate, can give you sunstroke and sunburn, but the sun can also be edifying, give you vitamin D. Hashem is both a shield as well as an enabler. And that's why the metaphor of shade, he says, is used. Because both are happening at the same time. It's enough sunlight or enough heat to keep you healthy and happy and not be overwhelmed by the harmful or negative UV rays. My friends, in light of all this, in light of all this, we come back to the original Pasuk and we take a look and we see what, what did the Mepharshim mean? Let's take a look at the Radak now again. Hashem Shemrecha, Hashem is your God, Hashem Tzilcha. What did the Mitzud, does David say? He said, He is Hatzel Megin Mechayim Hashem as she shields you from the heat. That's obviously a metaphor. You know, in the Tonad Ve'eliyahu, it says that the Torah we study serves to shield us. And it says that the greatest is the study of the oral Torah. And that will shield us. And Eliyahu Navi taught, What is this like? The king was traveling in the desert. His son was with him. They reached a place of blistering, hot sunlight. Omad Oviv. The father walked on the side where the sun was beating down. He made, he served as a human, if you will, shadow for his son. So that the heat, that the rays would not harm the child. Hashem serves as our shield. Hashem guards you. Hashem tzilcha. 
But the Mitzudas David says, Kemoi Hatzel HaMegin, like it says in Tana Devilio, Kinyogin Ayyiminecha Lasis Choyel. So Hashem is shielding you so that you should be able to do valor. But when you do valor, you are essentially then engendering Hashem's blessing. So that enables you. And that's mamash what the Ibn Ezra says. Ibn Ezra says, Hashem Shem Recha. Why? Why does he shield you? Because he will be your shade. He will be your shadow. You bring about that protection. It's in your hands. How is he going to shield you? And he is, says Radak, by virtue of your right hand. By virtue of what you do, Hashem continues to help you. And so, David HaMelech says, During the day, the sun, the heat of the sun will not harm you. And the night, the moon, the moon at night. What does this mean, says Mitzudas David? During the day, the heat of the sun will not harm you. And in the evening, when the temperatures dip precipitously, and it is cold and damp, you will not be damaged. The environment we live in is ever-changing. We can bring about the protection that Hashem wants to give us. Ibn Ezra says, Yehimam Hashem, Atzel Yehimam, he says, this is Shemesh Tazik We know that the sun can be harmful. Too much heat. UV rays. But it's the moonlight that can be the source of misfortune. When the dip in temperature and the dampness can cause you to get sick. The Ibn Ezra says, this is life in the desert. In the words of Radak, we speak here about Choim, the heat of the sun by Yoim, Koir, the cold of the Erech Balayla. The sun's heat dehydrates. The moon's cool and damp nature can chill. All of this can become a source of illness. So we, B'nai Yisrael are told by Hashem Yisbarach. He's our protector. He's our shield. But most importantly, He's our shade. In closing, my friends, the Rebbe noted in one of his Maimorim that when we read the Mepharshim, these words, these ideas, they come across on a metaphoric level. But in the way Hasidus explains this to us, it's to be taken quite literally. The Rebbe invokes the teaching of the Maggid of Mizrich on Parshas Bahaloischa, on the Pasuk Ashnelucha, Aseilucha Shtecha Tsoitzreis Kesef, make two trumpets of silver. And the Maggid goes on to say that the two trumpets are actually a euphemism for two halves. Two halves. 
And when the two halves come together, then the circle is complete. He says a person is Odom, Aleph representing Hashem, Aluf Eshelelem, the master of the universe. And the person is Dam, mostly plasma. I think we're something like 80% plasma. What gives the plasma life and meaning? What gives it form? What gives it definition? Neshama. Hashem says, I'm in a relationship with you. And therefore, we must understand that Hashem's relationship with us is in a way of love. And the Rebbe says, that's why Yad Yiminecha, it's the right hand that symbolizes Chesed or Ahava. And when there is a need for us to make a sacrifice now, to find inner courage and heroism, then going beyond the orbit of our comfort zone, the purview of what we are used to enables us to bring forth blessing from Hashem that is beyond the proverbial purview of nature and its limitations. In other words, you can make miracles happen. In Purim in 1958, the Rebbe said that another metaphor for this is a mirror. You look at the mirror, you smile, you get a smile back. If you go outside of your limitations, if you go beyond your possibilities, Hashem goes beyond the possibilities or limitations that He Himself created. A person goes, Adalayoda, beyond rhyme and reason, beyond the norm. That brings forth reciprocity from Hashem in miraculous, off the charts, outside of nature, beyond everyday possibilities. And this, my friends, is something extraordinary that Hashem has endowed every single one of Am Yisrael with. And that's David HaMelech's uplifting message for you and for me, despite the daunting challenges to know, that we set the tone. We make all the difference. And that represents the very deepest essence of Hashem. In closing... The truth is that we, the Jewish people, are just like everybody else, only a lot more so. The Rebbe suggests that this idea actually applies in, more, in broader strokes to all of humanity. There is a verse that's found in the book of Numbers, in Parsha Shlach, in the 14th chapter, the 9th verse, the Jewish people had now heard from the spies, the scouts who tell them it's not going to work. We shouldn't go to Israel, stay right here in the desert. And Moshe Rabbeinu is very distraught. Yehoshua pleads with the people. And he says, don't rebel against Hashem. Do not be afraid of the nation. We'll eat him for lunch. Their shadow has been removed. What does this mean? Rashi says, Maginam, their shield. Chazkam, their strength. What is he talking about? The Medrash HaGadol says, they don't have merits of good deeds to shield them. They had a tzaddik who lived amongst them. His name was Jobur Eov. He no longer lives there. He's died. There is nothing to, so to speak, shield or shade them. Rikanti says that this 
is a euphemism for the angelic forces on high that are resultant of righteous actions taken below. The Rebbe says that this word tzilom, this idea of tziloi, of their shade, is similar, is related to the Baal Shem Tov's teaching Hashem Tzilcha. He says it's not the same. Hashem has a unique relationship with Am Yisrael, but in fact every human being is created in the image of God, and every human being can, and therefore must, have a relationship with Hashem. But you, regardless of who you are, you are the one who creates the parameters of that relationship. The way you are towards Hashem is the way Hashem is to you. The Rebbe says, this idea is also affects all of humanity. Hashem does not overlook the recompense, the remuneration due to any creature, as the Gemara in Psachim says on page 118. When people behave righteously, they create a shadow or a shade for themselves. An inyan milmaila is nimshach lamata Something from on high is actualized below. Thus haste, that is to say, as b'shazay tu an teva, that when non-Jewish people do something good, zayin mekayim desayin mitzvahs v'yoneich to fulfill the mitzvahs, the Noahide code, the mitzvahs that Hashem gave them, git mezay schar, they're rewarded for that. And v'et zayin an ever aveda, when they violate Hashem's word, v'et nimshach malmayla atzel, then this too has a shadow effect. When they rebel against Hashem, the shadow effect is harm, consequence, and punishment below. And so, these words, which sounded so odd at the beginning of our class, are actually so revealing and so profound. They're so uplifting. Hashem is indeed the shadow king. The way we are towards Hashem is how it will be to us. Let's study Torah with joy. Let us pray with happiness. Let us do mitzvahs with a sense of inspiration, regardless of how difficult the circumstances seem to be, because even if we fake it, we actually make it in our own hearts, and perhaps most importantly, bringing forth that special bracha from HaKadosh Baruch May we merit to see the greatest of gifts and the most amazing of blessings with the coming of Mashiach in Yerzah Hashem. B'mheira will be ameno speedily and in our days. And may we merit the shield and the shade in the most wonderful of ways. Thanks so much for joining. If you haven't yet, please subscribe. YouTube.com forward slash Rabbi Mendel Kaplan. Thank you. Have a beautiful day.